1: on the short list of elected representatives who are uh, at the absolute very top the warriors the people fighting for the american people like nothing i've ever seen comes congressman jim jordan he's now the chairman of the house judiciary committee it absolutely gives me so much joy to be able to say that congressman jordan welcome <laughs> back to the mike gallagher show how have you been sir I'm fine. Good to be with you, Mike. Thanks, Thank thanks for you. all you do. Well, thanks for what you do and you know, you and I were on stage together in Ohio uh, during our yeah, uh, our Salem sure Battleground enough. Talkers tour. Uh you light up a crowd. Uh, you know, people are so grateful for people like you who are unwilling to bend and 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 play nice with the other side. It's tough now because you got you got an entire uh, You know, you got a mishmash of people in in the House. You got you got red meat Republicans. You have some establishment Republicans. It's almost, I guess, like hurting hurting cats a little bit. I know you must be heartbroken. (laughs) It must be heartbroken for you to hear that your colleague Adam Schiff wants to run for Senate. This would be what a terrible (laughs) loss this would be for the House, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think he probably is going to run for Senate. I I know we got another uh, colleague who's she, she's announced as well. So we'll 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 see. Um, but we're look. We're going to be focused on doing what we told the American people we're going to do. Uh, there's certain bills we need to pass. I don't think Chuck Schumer will take them up, but we still need to pass them to fix the problems the Democrats have created. Then we need to do the oversight, the investigative work. That's part of our constitutional duty. We need to do it in a way that's consistent with the Constitution. Unlike I think the way the Democrats have, but we need to do it. And we need to do it vigorously and aggressively because I think that's what's warranted when you think about these unelected bureaucrats who think they run our lives. And then uh, then we need to deal with the the, the crazy spending and and we got the debt ceiling issue and some other things coming up. So I think that's that's going to be the focus of the Congress. Uh, kind of those three three areas, and uh, we we should just get about doing that work, and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do. We got a tight majority, so we're gonna have to work together as you 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 indicated. But I think we can get that done.
1: Let's I want to go down the list of things that you're gonna tackle, and you know of course that was the name of your book. Do what you said you would do, which I I love about. Your constant mantra, and you said it on stage there in Ohio that night. We got to do what we were elected to do. But before we get to that, we we understand the obstacle with the still the Democrat-controlled Senate. So there's going to be a real uphill battle. Can Are there areas of legislation, are the things, areas of agreement or, or, or some, some reason for optimism? And in, in, in if so, what are those? Where do you think Chuck Schumer's Senate might be willing to, to play ball with the, the Republican-controlled House? I think there are very
2: few. I mean, you, you think about what we've seen happen in two years, a border that's no longer a border, a military that can't meet its recruitment goals, bad energy policy, bad education policy, record spending, record inflation, record debt. I don't think they're going to really want to work with us on on bills that we will pass to fix the border, to to deal with energy policy. They, they just I don't think they're going to be willing to work with us on those. We should still pass them, as I said, so right. the country can see what we're for. And that, frankly, helps frame up the 2024 presidential contest, which will be so important. But I do think there's one area where I, th- I think this debt ceiling issue. Now, think about the Democrats' position right now. Democrats said, uh, or Democrats five weeks ago passed that 1.7 bill, excuse me, trillion, trillion dollar monstrosity of a bill, funding all kinds of stupid things. And House Republicans were against it. And then one week ago, the White House says, we will not negotiate with House Republicans on the debt ceiling. They simply need to just approve borrowing trillions of more dollars. Now, think how crazy it is. You just passed a crazy bill that we were against, spending on plankton studies and salmon studies and giving the FBI a five hundred million dollar increase. And now you're saying you're not going to negotiate. No one believes that. So we're going to be able to, I think, get some good things on the debt ceiling, maybe some good structural things like, oh, if we get to the end of the fiscal year and the appropriation process hasn't been completed. We don't just have some mad dash, oh, a government shutdown scenario, and we're going to spend a boatload more money like the White House wants. No, we'll just spend what we're currently spending, just a a CR, so we avoid that. Maybe one of the other things we should do is, oh, you know what? If we're going to increase the borrowing authority and have more money, borrow more money, maybe the Senate, for what's something they haven't done in years, maybe they should have to pass a budget. You know, you go to a bank and you want to get a loan for a business, you got to show them a business plan, for goodness sake. you got to show them a budget. So, right. but somehow the, the the United States Senate under Chuck Schumer had to do that. So, I think we might be able to win some things there and we're certainly going to going to going to do that.
1: We're going to need all the tools in our arsenal to try to get the country back and and uh, social media plays a role of the, in this. I want to get your opinion about Facebook and uh Instagram, Meta uh inviting President Trump back onto those platforms. Uh Twitter did so a couple of months ago. Uh, He has yet to tweet. He has yet to really, you know, indicate whether he's going to go back. I know he's got his own platform, Truth Social. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you. I don't know about you, Mr. Chairman, but I I got I smell a rat. I feel a setup coming. I don't trust them as far. I don't think they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Would you advise President Trump to go back to these platforms? or Do you think he ought to stand pat with Truth Social and stay away from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram?
2: I leave that totally up to President Trump, however he wants to. I mean, he's he's one of the greatest communicators ever. Um, I think I think he'll he'll do what he wants to do there. Yep. What I want to get to the bottom of is what we've now learned because of Elon Musk. What we've now learned about this cozy relationship between big government and big tech right. and how they work to keep information from the American people. And again, God bless Elon Musk for for the Twitter files. I've, I've been reading through these now. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is truly unbelievable what they did and the bias that exists inside of big tech. And then to have the FBI encouraging that bias to keep information from we the people days and weeks before the presidential election two years ago. I mean, this is unbelievable. So um, we we're going to look at that issue because it is so fundamental to how our first amendment is supposed to work and how right. it was how it was assaulted by these folks in the last couple of years.
1: I'm also really intrigued that after 2 years all these tech giants have decided, oh yeah, now President Trump can come back. Why? What changed? What's different? Yeah. You know, what yeah. if you if yeah, you if, if your justification is that you're you you're a a prominent, you know, presidential candidate and you have a right to be heard, that standard should have applied 2 years ago.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he should have never been kicked off. The idea that, what was it, Twitter kicked off President Trump, but the Ayatollah could still tweet on his platform. I mean, right. it made no sense. It, it made no sense whatsoever. It was a direct attack on the First Amendment because government people were encouraging it. There's one one uh, example where Adam Schiff was trying to get a journalist taken off of one of these pla- I can't remember if it was Facebook or if it was Twitter but you got a, you got the head of the uh, uh, the House Intel Committee the, the key leader in the impeachment effort trying to get a journalist taken down I mean talk about a direct attack on freedom of the press, First Amendment, freedom of the press I mean that that is the kind of stuff that is scary and frankly what it's it's the Judiciary Committee, and the House of Representatives is supposed to be the committee. Most concerned about protecting the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, our fundamental liberties, and to have someone like Adam Schiff attacking that, and Jerry Nadler, I think, in many ways, uh, the Democrats on the committee supporting that is is just wrong.
1: Congressman, Congressman, I want to ask you a personal question, if I may, as it relates to the way you do your job and the way you have to function in the halls of Congress uh, there's a lot of noise this week about Adam Schiff and Swalwell and Ilhan Omar being removed from their from their committees and and chairmanships and all that. I mean, listen, uh, that's a lot of noise. I mean, the, the idea that they're sitting there screaming, "Oh, this is partisan politics," is almost laughable. Can I ask you on a personal level how awkward it is sure. to to walk down the halls with the, some of these political opponents that 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 Republicans have? Is it difficult to do business with these folks, who you know seem to be unwilling to work with Republicans in any way, shape, or form, what's that like day to day?
2: I actually try to say hello to folks and 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 be cordial, and you know, just like you would, Mike. You know, you're walking sure. down the hall, you're going to say hello to folks. Do I they say to hello do back? To, do they um, say
1: hello back to you? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. For for the most <laughs> part, yeah. There there are some Democrats. I'm not the ones you were just talking there, but there are some who. Um, particularly during covid i mean they were it was so ridiculous like if, yeah. if you didn't have a mask on in the hall they were like pointing like you know it's just, it's i have had i have had a few of them swear at me um and i'm like i would never do that to you but right. so it, it's 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 kind of sad i think the bigger problem is that today's left is different from the left of 10 12 15 years ago. Right. Uh, I always say one of my good friends is Dennis Kucinich and and truly a friend. I mean I we we we've had coffee together, we talk, we text, we call. I mean he's a he's a he's a good guy, but he's an old school liberal who believes in the first amendment. He's a lefty. Right. He believes all kinds of crazy lefty things. He thinks I'm a crazy conservative, but he believes in the First Amendment. He believes in healthy debate. You get your best hold, make your best argument. He'll do the same. Let's see what happens at the end of the day, and then we can get a cup of coffee. That is not today's left. Today's left says if you don't agree with them, you're not allowed to talk. And if you try, if you try to speak, they're going to call you racist. The president of the United States is going to stand in front of Independence Hall and call us fascist. I mean, th- they're going to come after you, and the cancel yeah. culture mob jumps in as well. So that is not healthy, and that's what we got to stop.
1: You're right about the different breed. There's a different way of doing things from the left. now. And I remember many appearances I had on Fox News Channel over the years with the late Alan Combs. Alan was willing to, d- yeah. to disagree yes. and do it civilly. And today, in fairness, look at, uh, speaking of Fox News, Harold Ford. Congressman Harold Ford seems to be a pretty does reasonable a guy. Yeah, sure I like does. the guy.
2: Does a great uh, job. And yeah, yeah, he's the kind of guy you can hang out with, even if you have some different politics. He just seemed like a good guy. I've never really met with him, didn't really serve with him, but um, seems like a great guy.
1: Yeah, he is. He, he really is indeed. Final question, Congressman, and we we greatly appreciate you taking time with our audience and our listeners and viewers sure. appreciate you very much here on the Salem News Channel and uh, on radio stations all over the country. Let's talk about the role of oversight, the role of investigations. Uh, you know, we got lots of uh, of drama with Hunter Biden, lots of scandal with the classified documents. The idea that the president's son, Hunter Biden, might have had access to classified documents can, just curls your hair. I mean, you cannot believe yeah. that of all people that shouldn't be near classified documents, it seems to be that troubled soul. Um, what what do you, what role will will judiciary play? What role will Congress play in trying to get to the bottom of what seems to be these many many yeah. Biden family scandals?
2: I think the Oversight Committee under Chairman Comer. And the Intel Committee will be mostly involved in, in looking at the, the, the potential influence of foreign actors and, and, and the banking issues and those things. I mean, Chairman Comer's talked about he wants to get access to the suspicious activity reports. Uh, it's been reported there are over 150 of these about the Biden, how they move money around and all. Um, so I think that will probably happen there. Our, our focus in the Judiciary Committee will be on the unequal application of the law. And it sure looks like that, that way when you look at how President Trump was treated and the classified document issue with him and how President Biden and frankly, Secretary Clinton were treated. So we're focused on that because in this great country, you cannot have a double standard. You cannot have an unequal application of the law. It's supposed to be equal treatment under the law in the greatest country ever. And right now, it sure doesn't seem like we have that. It seems like we have. And we've had dozens of whistleblowers come confirm what we all suspect about the Justice Department. FBI agents come to us as whistleblowers. It seems like we have a Justice Department that operates in a political fashion. If you're a pro-life activist praying in front of a, a clinic, you get arrested at your house in front of your wife and kids. They kick in your door and arrest you. If you're one of the, I mean, hundreds and thousands of, of, uh, of pro-abortion activists in front of a Supreme Court justice's home in direct violation of a statute, 18 U.S.C., Section 1507, which says you cannot be protesting in front of a justice's home with the intent of influencing a pending case, a pending decision, which is exactly what they were doing, Nothing seems to happen to you. So this 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 difference in double standard, the Americans are sick of it. We want equal application of the law, and that'll be the focus. That part will be the focus in the Judiciary Committee.
1: Well, as you know, Mr. Chairman, millions of Americans are pulling for you. We appreciate uh, all of your efforts on behalf of Ohio and the American people. Keep fighting the good fight, and uh, and and let's. I uh, hope you can come back and visit with us again real soon.
2: We will. We will. Thanks for all you do. God bless. Thank you, sir. God bless.